Go with me to Romans 12 and 1 John 4. Romans 12 and 1 John 4. How many guys play Pokemon Go? I, I do not understand. I, I got to, sorry, just for a moment. It is hilarious to me, first of all, that anyone who is old enough to pay taxes is playing Pokemon Go, first of all. I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, and um, it was like something depressing, someone's angry, and, and then Pokemon, like pretty much just over and over and over again. There's this lady, this is why people say millennials are not smart. There's this millennial, like probably our age, and I'm using the royal our age because I think I'm older than most of you, but um, who is suing the creators of Pokemon Go because she walked into traffic and got hit by a car trying to catch a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is, she's like, Pokemon Go is responsible for me being hit by a car. How many guys, if you're being honest, were close to that sometime this week? Anybody? Yep, there you go. <laughs> How many of you guys, your data has just like, you have none left? Yeah, Barbada, there you go. All of it. Took all of your data. It's totally worth catching some inanimate object that doesn't matter. Yeah. Blink-182 has a new song out, too. That was kind of cool. I feel like it's 2001. Like, Goosebumps is being released in, like, Pokemon, Blink-182. Here we go. Yeah, anybody going to see the new... Yeah, I'm excited. The female reboot is going to be good. That is not an endorsement of it because I haven't watched it. So if it's bad, that's not on me. But um, you guys in Romans 12... All right, we're going to start Romans 12. We'll start in verse 12. We're going to read to the end of the chapter, and we'll talk about some stuff. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Verse 16, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I wanna um I wanna speak to you tonight just real quick around a talk. Turn on your light. Turn on your light. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray as we um consider everything that's going on in the world right now, that we would be overcome with our responsibility to turn on our light. That in the darkness, light shines all the brighter. And we thank you that you have entrusted us with making your name great. And we pray we do that well in your name. Amen. I want to talk just real quick tonight. Kind of how do we as followers of Christ, how do we as Christians handle kind of the state of affairs that the world finds itself in? I mean... A couple of hours ago, 77 people died in France with a terrorist attack. 
You know, we saw what happened in Dallas over the weekend, and we see the police brutality issues, and there's an election coming up, and neither candidate is our country super excited about. And You know, it, it would be easy to say this, that America, the world, is in the worst case ever. It's pretty dark times. It's pretty easy to say that. And yet, I, I can't read the Bible, and I, I can't be a follower of Christ and have that mentality. I can't believe in the gospel and see the inclusivity of the gospel and the power of the gospel and see what Jesus came to earth to do and read scriptures like greater things than these you will do and that no eye has seen, no ear has heard the plans I have for you, that, that Jesus came to give us a future and a hope to give us life and life more abundantly. I can't look at current circumstance. If, if I'm a follower of Christ, I can't look at current circumstance and say that the best days are behind us. What I can look at current circumstance and say is this, the need for the church, the need for us to spread the power of Jesus working in us and spreading that to more and more people, that is more important than ever before. So I want to walk through this chunk of scripture we just read, and I want to give you five thoughts, five thoughts, five thoughts to shining your light well. The first one is this, write this down, current circumstance for us as followers of Jesus, current circumstance does not dictate our hope for the future. Current circumstance does not dictate our hope for the future. It says in verse 12, rejoicing in hope and persevering in tribulation. You know, if you were to look on Facebook right now, especially our parents' generation, they're like, the world has gone to heck in a handbasket right? Like the world is falling apart. And honestly, people believe our generation is the one that is taking it there. And yet, if you look at the worldwide statistics, the world is in better condition than it ever has been. And this is the interesting fact to that. And during the Orlando shootings, we were getting live tweets from the nightclub as the shooting was happening. And and really, this is what's happening is our awareness of bad is increasing, not necessarily the amount of bad is increasing. And this is the challenging thing that I want to present us to, is it is our job as followers of Christ to increase our scriptures and our presentation of hope. If, if, if our friends who aren't believers and if us are finding ourselves bombarded by the bad, how well do I champion the light? How well do I present that, hey, things are getting better in my family, in my life, in my community. This is the great things that things like UGM is doing or Vine Maple Place or, hey, we've seen this be accomplished. How well am I saying things actually are getting better? We cannot allow current circumstance to make us believe that our future moving forward is going to be bad. We have to look at current circumstance and say, yeah, this is a good way to put it. You gaze at your current circumstance, but you fix your eyes on Jesus. You gaze at your current circumstance and you fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Why? Because he is where our hope comes from. Number two is this. Be slow to speak and be quick to listen. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. I I love this. In verse 14, bless those who persecute you. 
Bless and do not curse. And then verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. When it comes to being slow to speak, I want to encourage you in a couple things. Being slow to speak is not just face-to-face. It includes your social media presence. Please, for heaven's sakes, please consider before you post. I get really frustrated when I'm scrolling through my feed and I see someone post something, quote-unquote, in the name of Christ in the church that completely tears down all the work I'm putting towards showing someone Jesus in real life. Like if, if I have to consider what my friends are posting in light of what other people I'm evangelizing to are going to see, then I don't want to be friends with you on social media anymore, probably in life either, honestly. Like some, some things to consider. Am I more, do I want to be right more than I want relationship with someone? And this is so frustrating to me. I don't care that you read that article. You're being a jerk. I don't care that you care that much about that issue. And by the way, reposting about it on social media doesn't mean you did something. This is a real, real hot button issue for me because our generation is coming across as uneducated and biased. Instead of pausing long enough to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Please, if you are going to speak up about an issue, especially some of the hot topic issues that are going on in our world today, would you pause long enough to educate yourself? Like, like seriously, please educate yourself. And just because your favorite news outlet posts something about the subject does not mean it's true. Like, by the way, just because Fox News says, hey, just because CNN says, Take the time, ask the question, am I really, truly educated about this? If you're going to say something, I hope you're educated. Second, I hope that it's constructive. Posting and ranting about how bad something is is not going to fix the problem. We know that it is bad. We are aware of that. Like Most people would agree we don't like any person running for president right now. I don't need you to rant about how slick I agree, yes, I get that, but what are we going to do to change it? Are are we going to vote? Are you going to encourage people to vote at the end of your rant? Are you going to encourage people to educate themselves on the real issues? Are you going to encourage people to go out and do something? Am I going to be an expert complainer and not be willing to be part of the solution? Because unfortunately, that is the rep that our generation is getting. Posting about it, retweeting about it, liking someone else's status, sharing a video does not make you a social activist. It really doesn't. Last thing, if if you're going to have a conversation with someone, first, be educated. Second, be constructive. Third, be uplifting. It is easy to get depressed in our current situation. It is easy to read people's rants and read articles and see videos and say, wow, why are we even around? Is there any hope that things are going to change? I want it to be known that when I bring my voice, when I add my voice to a situation, I've taken the time to educate myself. I think I have a solution. And on top of that, I want to always leave people with hope because that's what we do. As followers of Christ, people should leave conversations with us saying, hey, I have a chance to have a brighter tomorrow. Please educate, be constructive, and be uplifting if you are going to speak. Next one is this. Number three. So first, 
Current circumstance doesn't dictate our future hope. Two, be slow to speak, be quick to listen. Three, be sensitive. In verse 15, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It's interesting to me that we can get so entrenched in our perspective that it stops us from seeing people who are in pain. It, we, we can become so satisfied in being right that seeing people lose a family member, a loved one, to see people walk through pain and hurt, to see them embarrassed, to see them losing ground and losing face, that that brings satisfaction to us over a topic that really I'm not the judge and jury on anyways. I encourage you to ask the question, have I dehumanized the people that I'm arguing with? Are they merely their opinion, but I expect my humanity to be respected? We get in these arguments and we stop being sensitive. We start typing in all capitals and add angry emoticons and a lot of exclamation points. And yet we get angry when our voice isn't heard and we feel disrespected when people don't humanize us. Am I able, even in the midst of a disagreement with someone, to still treat them as human? Am I willing to still be sensitive with people? Number four, build bridges. Verse 18 puts it this way, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. I, I, I find this challenging, if possible. So much as it depends on me, I am at to be at peace with all people. It really breaks my heart to see representatives of the church building walls when the church should be building bridges. We, red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in Jesus' sight. And, and hopefully the church is the place because we hold the answer. I, I hope you guys see that. As the church, we have the ability to be the catalyst to represent what a new social normal could look like, where regardless of belief, people can come and belong. Where regardless of, hey, once you walk through those doors, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care where you stand on gun control. I don't care what you stand on this, that, and the other thing. I don't care where you've been and what you've done. Once you're in this building, hey, you belong. We have the chance as the church to start showing what building bridges can look like. We have to be willing to humanize other people like we talked about. And this is the other thing. If you're going to build a bridge, you have to give up on being the moral police. This, this really frustrates me. Erwin McManus, this pastor in L.A., puts it this way. When things get tough, people hold on to what they believe, not necessarily what is true. In America right now, people are grabbing a hold of whether we believe that what they believe is right or wrong. That is what they're holding on to. But we feel like it's our right to say what you believe is wrong and what I believe is right. And yet we get really upset when they tell us that. It is not my job to prove that someone is right or wrong. It is not my job. It is my job to sell myself out to the power of the gospel. 
and for Jesus to start working in me and working through me. And then people start asking, what do you believe in? Because it's working for you. And if it works for you, it could work for me. What if my posts moving forward had a whole lot more to do with the fact of how much Jesus works and how much I'm choosing to be an agent of change and how much I'm choosing to show God's love? What if that became the posts I did moving forward? What if I allowed people to believe what they believe because it's not necessarily my job to change it? What if I got really passionate about being an agent of truth and love and peace and mercy and grace to everyone that was around me? This is what the church can do. The church can say, you don't have to believe to belong. But man, if you buy into this stuff, it's really going to work. Last one is this. You got to shine more light. I love Pastor Steve says this. Jesus seems to do his best work in the dark. It is, it is our job as Christians, as followers of Jesus, whatever title you want to give yourself, It is our job to bring light everywhere we go. I want to ask you the question tonight, and we're going to wrap up in just a second. I want to ask you the question tonight. Am I bold? Am I bold about my faith when there are no stakes in the game? Am I bold about my faith on Thursday nights? Am I bold about my faith on Sunday mornings? Am I bold about my faith when I'm at Bible study Heck, you may be even bold about your faith on Instagram. Picture of the Bible, Devos in the morning, coffee and Jesus, they go together, right? That's great. But when it comes, I want to ask ourselves the question, am I, first of all, am I around dark places ever? Do I ever put myself in a place where my light really needs to shine? And second, am I really willing to show that there could be a new normal? Am I really willing to show that Jesus works? Am I really willing to say I'm an agent of light and yes, I behave differently? No, I'm not going to argue with you about that because no one wins. No, I'm not going to get angry about that thing you just said because you're just trying to get a rise out of me. No, I'm not going to try to prove this point because at the end of the day, you don't really care. What I am going to do is show that Jesus works in the way I live my life. 1 John 4. I'm going to read 10 and 11, then read the end of the chapter. 1 John 4, verse 10. And and, and this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son to be the payment for our sins. Verse 11. Beloved, if God loved us, then we ought to love one another. Verse 19. We love because God first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates another, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Verse 21, and this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother. Another translation puts it this way. Loving God means loving people. You must do both. This is, this is the thing I'm coming to in, in my journey of faith, all 27 years of it. People are a whole lot more likely to buy into Jesus if I represent him well. We ask people to buy into a Jesus they can't see, and then they watch our behavior as we serve him and say, I don't want any part of that. 
I want to ask the question tonight. Am I building bridges? Am I loving people? Am I humanizing other people regardless of their belief and position? Am I spreading light? Or am I claiming to follow the Lord of peace and spreading discord everywhere I go? Am I claiming to say that you have a future hope in Jesus and yet all of our posts are about doom and gloom? Am I claiming that we're establishing another kingdom here on earth and yet I'm complaining about how bad things are going to be if either person becomes president? Is my behavior lining up with the gospel that I claim to believe in? If we could merge those two things, if we could really buy into the inclusivity and the power of the gospel and then say my life and how I behave is going to line up with that, our generation could really truly change the world. Because that's the type of faith, that's the type of religion that people can buy into. One that says, hey, with Jesus, you have more than enough. With Jesus, you have hope. With Jesus, you can have faith. With Jesus, you can believe into something bigger than yourselves. Not only that, Jesus loves you too. And if Jesus loves me and if he's working for me, then I know he's going to work for you. And I don't need you to believe that right now. I just need you to see it work. I don't need to tell you how stupid you are. I don't need to tell you how wrong you are. I don't need to tell you where you're messing up. I'm just going to live my life chasing after the simplicity and the power of my faith and the gospel. And you're going to see that it works. I want to be known as someone. I don't want to be part of a movement. I want to attend a church where people say, we love that church because they practice what they preach. Not because they preach a lot and practice something else, but because I know I can go there and just observe and see that this works. Let me bow your head and close your eyes real quick. We'll wrap up. Just want to ask the question tonight: Is there a chance? Is there a chance that your light isn't shining all that bright? Is there a chance that? Man, you look, you think through the way you've interacted with people recently, and man, I was more divisive than I was building bridges. You, you think through your need to be right at the expense of being in relationship. You think through something that you claim to believe and then look at the way you behave and realize there's quite a gap there. I want to pray for that tonight. Because I really want to close that gap between the person we claim to follow and the tenets that we claim to line up to and how we really behave. And if that's you, could you just put your hand on your heart? I, I'm going to call you forward. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. But if you're realizing that you need something out of the way so you can shine your light a little brighter, I just want to pray for you tonight. Great. Cool. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. Your grace that is the enablement to live the life that we're called to live. I pray for every person in this room that, that your grace, the Holy Spirit, that it would make light in our lives, the areas that we need to bring into alignment with you, into rhythm with you. So that way we can be people that bring light everywhere we go, that bring hope, that bring faith, that bring truth, that bring love everywhere we go. We want to be known as a people 
that represent you well. That don't just shout it and don't just scream it, but live it out and make people question what is different about what they believe and what they hold on to. We want to be bridge builders. We want to be unifiers. We want to be ministers of your love. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to represent you, and we pray that we would do it well. In your name, amen. Hey, we got, we got more watermelon, so please eat more watermelon. Um, and uh, we'll see you Sunday, or we'll see you next week.